Okay, so the subject I thought it would be good to speak about comes down to a type of, to call it a view might be misleading, it's more like a kind of axiom of thought that is really taken for granted and that can be expressed in a few different ways, but it comes down to like the idea that there is no such thing as mm, certainty in regard to really the nature of things. Mm. There is no such thing as sort of absolute knowledge and it will come it's not usually something that people will state like explicitly it's implied but it's implied in their thoughts their ideas and sometimes you know you'd be having a conversation with somebody about for example right and wrong or something and just when it seems like it's starting to go somewhere then they say oh well you can never really know mm. can you mm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah well it's almost like the, the agnosticism in the suttas if you were to people have like a, what they deem to be sort of like a conventional knowledge mm. but then if you start pushing it towards the further clarity it's all it's taken as valid mm. uh, this kind of dismissal of well you can't really know and that's that's but it's like well you obviously seem to think that you know that you obviously seem to think that you know that you can't really know but okay so if your premise is true how do you know that how do you know that you can't know and then you realize it's a contradiction in terms, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's one thing is like the statement in order to be true must be false because yeah, yeah, if you apply yeah. it to itself. Yeah. Um, and about this, there was a few things that I kind of wanted to bring up about it because it's... It's really something that a lot of people seem to subscribe to and it's like you can see that if you kind of take the the notion of knowledge in a kind of scientific sense as mm. in we need to know things about the world by gathering information and data yep. about them then you do have to say well whatever we can find out has to be you know it can always be disproved by something yeah. you never can yeah. absolutely know because why do you think that is? Because the data that you can gather and the information that you can gather depends on the instrument through which you are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's it's purely it. observational, based on the senses, which yeah. means all you need to do in order to disprove it is find something, observe something different. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And the the even bigger problem, like in itself, as a method of learning about the world, that's fine, but. Your mind is not an object of your senses, cannot be the object of your senses, yet if your only criteria for learning and understanding is gathering information through the observation on the basis of your senses, means the entire domain of your mind and mental development is absolutely excluded mm -hmm. from any recognition. Yeah. yeah, and it occurred to me that that also um, is, you know, it's not something that's exclusive to science mm. in that way. Mm. I mean, the mm. same type of basing one's ideas, one's views on this kind of information that one gathers. I mean, in, let's say, um, you know, that today, I think it's Brahma Jalasutta, the DN, where he's like going through all of these, all of the views, these views that different people can have. Yeah. Um, and they have a huge variety of views mm. based on like different types of information that they mm. gather. Mm. I mean, you mm. have one who's, 
being able to remember 40 eons of past lives or something so that's like unbelievable amount of information yeah that he has but then the problem is like that he then goes to say well that's the information i have therefore that's how the world is the yeah. world in itself is eternal and so yeah exactly yeah um and the other thing I wanted to bring up about it is that it is one way of expressing what the wrong view it seems to me like the when he says there are no monks and brahmins who know the world and understand the nature of the world and declare it like that that certainty direct knowledge mm. um is not a possibility um and to me that also seems like um, you know that's one aspect of this wrong view that the Buddha describes but when I think about it I can see that it also implies the rest of the, the that description of the wrong view because if you're saying when somebody says like I'm, I'm talking to somebody and they say well you can never really know mm. you never have any certainty then you know it means for them that well whatever I might do whatever I might kind of strive for mm. I'm never going to ever know for sure whether it's right or wrong I'm never ever going to know for sure like mm. Um, mm. what's the result of it so like ultimately in a fundamental sense everything that I do is sort of I just hope for the best I hope for the do best my best of the abilities what do you think why do you think they do that what is the practical basis? Because there is always a practical basis for every wrong view. Yeah. Practical, I mean, some sort of involvement mm -hmm. that you try to, where you're not admitting to yourself. Yeah. So in this particular case, what, what would the practical basis for that view be? Because Why would somebody prefer mm -hmm. to hold the view of, well, you can't really know anything or mm -hmm. not, you can't be 100% sure. Because so. when you start thinking that there might be the possibility, there is the possibility, mm. there could be the possibility mm. of direct knowledge, certainty, knowledge mm. of right and wrong, then you can't be really indifferent about that. Exactly. You have to do something yeah. about yeah. it. And you can't Or feel guilty for not doing it. Exactly. Either way, you can't cover up the, the weight, mm -hmm. the weight of it. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's why it's always wrong views and inauthenticity, hand in hand, mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. You cannot be authentic and hold the wrong views, nor can you remain inauthentic if you're dropping the wrong views that's impossible yeah yeah and it's i also found it interesting because you know at some way i used to think i used to kind of not pay that much attention to the description of the wrong view that the mm. buddha was uh, giving and like i've heard people say that it's just this sort of Oh, some people in that time had these extreme views oh, about yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. the world. It tends to be sort of um, like dumbed down and assumed and it's like a, almost like a caricature examples. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, the eternalists and the annihilationists. Like, oh, we are past that point. It's like, no, no, those are the two fundamental existential views for as long as you're not a Sotoban. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be either eternalist or annihilationist. There is no third option for you there. All the variety of the views that Brahmajala Sutta elaborates mm -hmm. on fall into these two categories. One say yes and one say no. Mm -hmm. They don't see the middle. Yeah. And 
at least yeah to me the the problem as well with kind of thinking that it's a you know these views like the wrong view and the, the its counterparts as well like the right view mm. are to be found in what somebody expressly explicitly believes and professes i think mm. such mm. and such mm. a thing um I think it's a problem because then it would mean that you just kind of get, let's say, the the, the mundane, as it's called, right view or and such or something like that, by sort of just adopting a particular uh, yeah, set of ideas. View. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like as far as the the right view is a view, mm -hmm. but obviously, it's a view that goes in between mm -hmm. the the two kind of polar opposites of wrong views, yes and no, mm -hmm. annihilationists, uh, eternalists. Um, mystics or scientifically oriented doesn't matter uh, the right view is the view that puts first is first and everything else is second um, so it's uh, it's not it's not directly opposed to the wrong views in a sense of left to the right mm -hmm. it's more like left right are both wrong mm -hmm. and this is above the right mm -hmm. view is above both that's why going beyond the wrong views through a right view mm -hmm. and eventually for another hand who has brought the right view to like fulfillment mm. he has gone even beyond that vertical view of, mm. of right perspective he has dropped everything in that sense mm. um, so yeah I think initially uh, people will take the right view in a wrong sense mm. through some sort of belief or faith and that's inevitable but uh, the, and that in itself is not a problem the problem is if then they think that's it that's all they needed to do just let me assume the right mm. things on the basis of information I collected mm. which yes it might be factually less wrong than other views you had before mm. but the measure of the right view it's not the measure of your belief faith confidence certainty it's the measure of uh, it's measured by your inability to suffer so and that's something you you can't really lie I mean you can obviously cover it up but fundamentally you're always aware of it as a problem like the, the fact that you're not free from suffering and you know it and if that's the case means you can't you shouldn't be deluding yourself into thinking but I still have a right view because if you did you wouldn't be afraid of suffering anymore mm -hmm. you would you wouldn't be you wouldn't be affected by the suffering anymore not to the not to like a maybe to some tiny degree let's say like that from the Arahant's point of view yes you would still be affected by, by suffering as a sort of pana. But from Putujana's point of view, well, you're pretty much on the level of Arahanshi, as far as Putujana is concerned, because he has no knowledge of any escape from suffering. Uh, and that's that the fundamental difference. Can somebody who, uh, without knowing it, um, has wrong views underlying their actions and their what they're doing, um, can they practice the Dhamma? You mean the actual, the actual Dhamma? Yeah. The, no, no, that's mm -hmm. impossible. So even if they, let's say, try to be very virtuous, try yeah. to be... All that's commendable and to be encouraged, but it's the right view that makes the Dhamma visible. Mm -hmm. And if you're not seeing what you're supposed to be doing, then you aren't, you aren't doing it. Uh, and even if you're going through all the right motions, that's when you're used to say, oh, he's doing it for the wrong reasons. He's doing right things for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's still better than doing wrong things for the mm -hmm. wrong reasons, but fundamentally, uh, the, the Dhamma only arises with the right view. Mm -hmm. And again, it's important to just 
not lie to yourself about it because if you think you have access to the Dhamma, the actual Dhamma, the actual path to liberation, the Buddha's teaching, without being a Sotapanna, that's it. You already think, you already basically assume that you have uh, gained the access to, to the result of your right view without the right view, which means you're not going to uh, recognize the importance and the severity of having wrong views and the importance of actually needing to get the right view because there is no Dhamma below that. Mm-hmm. And people would ignore the importance and would not make the effort for the same reason we said in the beginning. Oh, well, there's nothing can be, you can't be sure because that would then make them like too unpleasant, feel too unpleasantly about it because it is, it is a serious weight, a burden, and especially if you don't know what to do about it and now you're even more overwhelmed with the confusion. It's like, well, that's at least a good starting point. Now at least you know what work needs to be done. Now at least you realize the the problem with the position you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in order to recognize the well, in order to find a solution for a problem, you first need to stop mm-hmm. ignoring it. I mean, and you know that in a mundane day-to-day mm-hmm. life, when everybody's aware that this person has a problem, but that person is refusing to admit it, and nothing you do, nothing you offer, nothing you in 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 a, in a form of help will actually help because they refuse to acknowledge that there is a problem, blatantly lying about it to themselves, and that's the same on the level of the mind. So unless you recognize that no 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 this is a factual problem that the only way out of this problem would be to get the right view, then you take it seriously and then you actually have a chance of getting the right view. And. That's what we were saying before, like the prerequisite for the right view is like the right honesty Mm -hmm. or self-honesty or transparency or authenticity, whatever you want to call it. Without it, no matter how much, 50 years you can practice Dhamma, you're not practicing the Dhamma. Mm -hmm. And can you get the right view by doing something other than uh, questioning your views and trying to undo or like seeing how the wrong view is wrong? No. No, because whatever you would be doing in that case would be on the basis of your wrong views. So you're not really uprooting or undoing the problem, you're just building on top of it. Yeah. Yep. So just another um, branch on the same topic that is uh, related to what you just said that I've kind of come up against is that when people start to practice and now they say okay I want to be a Sotapanna and if I'm not a Sotapanna then I can't um, say that I know Mm. but then so then they're kind of the the problem is that um, that people can sort of say well there is no certainty apart from one who is a Sotapanna um, but then they kind of don't actually change their attitude from that basic attitude of saying, oh, well, nothing can be mm, certain mm. because they're kind so of they thinking abstractly like allow possibility of being certain as a sort of honor, but practically they absolutely abolish it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's quite, that's probably the most common kind mm-hmm. of attitude between like lay people and the monks mm-hmm. in a sense, you're all striving, they're all striving for something, but practically if, if, 
you know, if you were to develop clarity about it, or to make the effort, or to investigate the meaning, and so on, to actually start doing something about the lack of clarity which is preventing your brain so the brain, that's always dismissed as if like, wow, you know, that's just your views and opinions. Like, well, mm -hmm. everything, that's your view and opinion. So the question is not, not having any views and opinions in that kind of non-committal mm -hmm. sense, because you're committing to that. The question is, yeah, undoing all the wrong views by seeing how they're wrong, why mm -hmm. they're wrong finding contradiction in them and that's how you will be unable to hold them and that's how you are getting closer to the right view recognizing where the problem is and not covering it up anymore yeah. and kind of a, a version of that too is saying like okay um, I think uh, X, Y and Z but I'm not a Sotapanna so I might be wrong or I'm probably wrong in some mm -hmm. way so then I'll ask somebody else who I think is a sort of fan, yeah. and then I'll follow what Or not even that, I'll ask somebody else who <laughs> might have an opinion about it, and that somehow, you know, we're going to arrive at the right conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that, I don't know how many times. Exactly that's like, somebody would ask a very uh, clear question, mm -hmm. practical question, and then uh, the answer they would get would be quoting what somebody else might say in that instance. I was like, the only, again, in a mundane sense, mm -hmm. The only time I would I would give you an answer in that way, like you ask me something, and I say, well, there's this such and such, and he likes to do this in such cases, is because I don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Because if I understood what I'm talking about, I would understand your question, and I would understand the best answer for you. Even if I'm absolutely kind of illiterate in every other way. You understand the craft, you understand the way out, you will know how to convey it. And the clear indication of not knowing the way out, when somebody asks you a question about suffering or Dhamma, and you just keep sort of throwing in references or referring to this, not in a kind of, I'll give you a reference to help what I just told you, mm -hmm. but more like, oh yes, you know, the big uh, senior uh, Ajahn, he always says this. It's like, yeah, but I didn't ask the big senior Ajahn, I'm asking you. Because, you know, you offered yourself for that purpose. So that should always be a red flag. Um, and I remember that was always the thing as well, like, I personally kind of, from the start, was, you know, reading the suttas, philosophy, Vera, that was my thing, never really listened to any Dhamma talks and so on. And first time I heard Dhamma talks, I thought, well, I, I, I felt like there was nothing being said. It was just, just people talking for an hour, giving these generic ideas. But not, And I thought, oh, maybe that's just the form of the Dhamma talk, you can't really be very specific. But then the more I listened, the more it became apparent that no you can be specific it's just that these people aren't and the only reason they're not specific is because either they don't want to tell you which why wouldn't they do that or they don't know what to tell you so it's just let me fill an hour with these inspirational terms and so on and kind of resembling the suttas sometimes more sometimes less but overall if you know what you're talking about you would have a straight answer and there's a direct sutta exactly that says that when uh, the king or Whoever he was asked the Buddha, do you prepare the answers beforehand? Mm. He says, no. You are the king master chariot. He says, yes, I am. If somebody were, to, do you, if somebody were to, to ask you anything about the workings of a chariot, would you have to prepare an answer? He says, no. If they wake me in the middle of the night, I'll give them an answer immediately because I fully understood the working of it. Same with the one who is basically practiced the way rightly, who is, who is enlightened or who is on the way to be enlightened. He will be able to convey that way at any given time. Um, so it was always like, a, and then obviously, you know, once I started talking, I realized, oh yeah, no, you can be very specific. And as a matter of fact, the suttas were talks. The sutta, you know, the Buddha didn't say and write, wrote down the suttas. He didn't sit down and wrote down the suttas 
you know, premeditating what he's going to say. It was basically recorded conversations. So there is no problem with the medium of, of like a direct discourse. The problem is that there is no substance to it generally. And that's like, again, that's found in suttas probably often overread. It's like when, when a man comes seeking heartwood and asks a question how to find the heartwood and then uh, he was given the answer about sapwood. And him, the man not knowing any better, he takes the sapwood to be the heartwood and he stopped looking for the heartwood. Yeah. And so, yeah, to. So, that another a problem I think also is like when somebody needs to rely on somebody else's views or somebody, mm. what somebody else mm. says because mm. they themselves don't know. Yeah. Um, then what can happen is that they themselves stop take resp taking responsibility for having like okay so and so said this yeah, I have yeah, faith in yeah, him so it. that must be yeah, right that's it. and now you it's not me thinking this anymore yeah. it's not what I think anymore mm. and now even if that person is factual Buddha himself mm -hmm. uh, yeah. if you took the practice on that level means there is no practice for you but uh, for as long as that doesn't change that attitude mm -hmm. yeah and and so then, like, you know, it's it's terrible. Like any any anything that contradicts what you know, you have decided to have faith mm -hmm. in, mm. you can say, oh, no, 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 that that can't be right. While at the same time, kind of forgetting that actually you don't know for yeah. yourself which yeah, yeah, one is. Yeah. Well, that's that's like right. one of the um, like the basic logical fallacies, mm. and all of them have the the same thread. I don't know if I mentioned it at all, but it's all of that cover-up, avoiding mm -hmm. to take, take responsibilities. So mm -hmm. it's either you assume the authority, either some senior monk or your teacher or the religion or the texts or, you know, the, the scholarly study of the dictionary. See, mm -hmm. now that's, 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 that's mm -hmm. it, that's factual, how it's written. All done for the purpose of, yeah, but what does that mean for you? Mm -hmm. Just like the difference that the Buddha often talks about in the sort of the phrasing and the meaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the meaning you won't find in the phrasing, like, uh, self-evident you need to actually undo your wrong views for these subtle meanings to become... Because everybody reads the suttas, but almost nobody gets the right view on account of reading the suttas. Why is that? Either the suttas are wrong, or the instruments that people are reading the suttas with, the views, the, the, what they perceive, the concepts, the, everything else implied in it, is completely covered like layers and layers and layers of, of yeah, the, 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 the wrong views that the Buddha lists in, in Brahmajala Sutta. And that's why there is no meaning becoming apparent. Does it kind of um, maybe come down to you know, the difference between okay, is my aim to genuinely go beyond doubt hmm. or is it to like become a Sotopana according to my idea of what Somebody said yeah. a sotapanna. That's going to be the first thing. Like, mm -hmm. I want to become a sotapanna. Mm -hmm. As the sutta say, I, oh, such and such became a sotapanna. Well, if he can do it, I can do it, mm -hmm. type of thing. So, yeah, it's taken wrongly, but it does sort of mm -hmm. aim in the broader sense in the right direction. But then, yes, you could spend next, as I said, five decades of just protecting that view mm -hmm. and, that, and not really uh, recognizing or stepping further into understanding what actually means to be a sotapanna. Oh, I want to become Sotapanna and I'm doing all these things, but why do you do what you're doing? Why are you doing these practices? Why are you even keeping the virtue? Why, like, do you understand 
or you're, ju- or you're just doing all of that because you were told to. And that would be the difference then. If somebody's actually getting closer to become a Sotapanna, is one who starts questioning all these things mm-hmm. and trying to understand them. Then inevitably you're going to arrive at the doubt and, and, uh, and understanding what the actual problem of the doubt is. Mm-hmm. It's not what you're doubting. It's the presence of the discomfort of the doubt. And uh, again, that's something you can theorize about it, but it will never be right until you actually start enduring it. And yeah, because people can kind of think, well, okay, I'll being becoming a sotapanna will free me from doubt, rather than it being free myself from doubt will make me a sotapanna. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the horse or the cart. People put the cart in front of the horse mm-hmm. and think, oh, let me just do these practices. They will result in my magical awakening of Sotapati. Mm-hmm. And then these fetters will fall off. Mm-hmm. Uh, self-view, doubt, and, and uh, virtue and duty and so on. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's the other way around. Yeah. It's you fully understanding these fetters is how you become a Sotapanna. So you understanding the virtue and duty and freeing yourself from that uh, assumption of it Freeing yourself from assuming the external um, sense of self outside of your experience and freeing yourself from the pressure of the doubt. Uh, and then, when these three fetters don't move you, it's safe to say you're a Sotapanna, not the other way around. It's interesting how even like the ideas that people have about the Dhamma can be used to sort of justify holding the wrong views mm. in I'm thinking of an example where um, you know somebody might say okay no this is how it is this is how it can be discerned directly in your experience and then the response was well no because you know that's not a ground for being sure about it because you know Potujana sees self <laughs> in mm. his experience mm. so like the idea that there is oh bec- because there's not supposed to be a self. Right, 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 right. Well, it's 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 on that kind of arm's length level, mm. like where the people. Yes, it's possible, but it's 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 never taken on that personal level because again, it's gonna fetters are not seen because people avoid seeing them or admitting them because they're unpleasant. Mm. Like the reason why everybody so easily assumes external duty and virtue and practice and method and technique is because it's easier than to leave it non-specific and then feel the burden of confusion and everything am i doing right am i doing wrong what do i do how do i do it or fundamentally if you stay in that state you would recognize oh my only concern here with this entire state is that it's unpleasant and i refuse to accept that discomfort of it that's why i'm worried about what to do not because i really need to know what to do and more often than not you actually know what you need to do but if when the pain pressures you, you doubt everything because your primary concern is aversion to its pain must be avoided always. The pain must be, you know, dealt with instantly. And that's why you get then liable to doubt and everything else because you gave it power. Yeah, not even seeing that you know what you're doing is trying to avoid the pain of it because your mind is focused on I have to solve this yeah. you know, question yeah. and this problem. Yeah. Um, uh, related to that actually like another another thing I noticed about this kind of um, thing that people end up coming down to as oh well 
you know, I can't be sure about that mm. or in that you can't really be certain about this thing is that it can be kind of used to uh, justify uh, holding, let's say you, you have an idea um, about right and wrong, for example, like usually, and this and not to go into kind of specific ideas of, of right and wrong, mm -hmm. but it usually would kind of be like on the level of a, a specific template of how the world should look and how people should behave and should act and it should be like this and etc. Mm -hmm. That this is right and then anything that's... But then you kind of it come, you come to the point of realizing, well, that's nothing I do will ever be able to create that template how I want it to mm -hmm. be. It can't mm -hmm. be quite consistent. It's always out of reach in that exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. And instead of then realizing, well, my idea of what is right and wrong might be flawed or might be wrong. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, well, you can't ever be perfect. You exactly. Can't ever yeah. Mm -hmm. Just try your best and that's it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, even that then becomes just a coping, coping mm -hmm. mechanism. Mm -hmm. Because if you realize you are trying your best and still mm -hmm. nothing changes in a way, things don't matter, mm -hmm. then you either just dismiss that or you reckon as well maybe you know my best efforts are completely misdirected mm -hmm. and that's the painful thing where the honesty comes in if you start admitting it you realize yeah because if my if tenth of these efforts that I have been making factually were actually directed to the things that matter mm -hmm. such as freedom from suffering greed aversion delusion if you made effort to, to clarify that and not act out of it and everything else we talk about you oh yeah I, I, I would have had the results I'm hoping for uh, but yeah, it's um, people are easily misled because they already are misleading themselves through not being honest enough. Why you're doing what you're doing, uh, and why you're holding views that you're holding. And it's much easier instead of that is so unpleasant to kind of uh, accept the possibility that everything that I've been doing and all the efforts I've been making might have been in the wrong direction or perhaps yeah. but it's yeah. it's so it's much easier then to kind of yeah say fall back on this oh well it can never be quite perfect and uh, I nothing yeah. I do yeah. <laughs> again like there there are no fruits and results ultimately of good yeah. and bad actions yeah exactly <laughs> so you, you fail to even grasp the mundane right view yeah. uh, and that's exactly I mean I've seen I've seen senior monks saying that after, you know, I don't know, I said decades in robe, giving Dhamma talks and saying like, no, 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 no. And I don't mean they were speaking poetically. They spent an hour explaining what they meant. And what they, what they were saying was, oh, there's nothing to be attained. Like all, all, this, all these things about, you know, getting, no, 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 it's not, it's not about attaining anything. Don't worry about becoming a Sotapanna. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, be here now. And, and then the whole thing, the whole talk revolves around that concept of, I don't do anything, just accept yourself the way you are. I was like, but you are a Patujana. Mm. If you accept yourself as somebody who is drowning, means you will never going to save yourself. You will drown. Oh yeah, I accept the fact that I'm drowning. Okay, fine. Goodbye then. Mm. Or, no, I don't accept the fact that I'm drowning. I'm going to at least try and get out of this, this quicksand or whatever I'm in. Well, now you at least have a chance because you're trying. Uh, but I'm sure that none of those, those, those senior teachers mm. started with that view. They probably had more or less genuine view in the beginning, but having been going wrongly about it, you end up covering it up more and more and more. And obviously, the more you go in that direction, the further away you drift from even basic honesty on that existential level. And then, 
it becomes easier to then even just 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 blatantly cover up or dismiss or like not even consider whether that might contradict the suttas and so on because well you know look i've been 50 years doing this and yeah i'm fine you know, i'm a good person it's not about being a good person it's about ceasing to be a person it's about freeing yourself from entire samsara if you want to be a good person fine but that's not the, the what the dhamma teaches that's like somebody who can't practice the dhamma okay at least be a good person but if you can practice the dhamma no, that that is the goal so again People come and look up to those, you know, teachers or, 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 or teachings to find the heartwood, to find the source of the, the, the meaning, the core of the, of, the, of the teaching. And all they get is kind of irrelevant bark and sapwood and stuff that's useless or that's just um, relatively useful for, for mundane matters. Mm. So if there was nothing to be attained, would have Buddha would have the Buddha talked about it so often you know, if, if, if it's all about just being here and now and accepting you know not judging and whatever else the Buddha would have surely mentioned that no 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 he does not tolerate he doesn't welcome he doesn't act out he creates his feet and endures it endures the elements endures the words of others purifies his mind from the states day and night takes responsibilities virtuous sense restrained doesn't look for loopholes so there's plenty to do yet your conclusion from all of that is right right okay be here now and just relax and you know calm down and that's it it's all fine there's no problem you are the one creating problems mm. yeah because problems are there it can seem that you are creating them by looking at them so what the child does when it's scared or doesn't want to deal with it, it covers its eyes thinking okay I don't see it it's not there anymore but if it were not there, why would you have to cover your eyes in the beginning? 